In goes Stewart! They've only gone and done it! And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Glovers Cast. You've got a dynamic duo this evening, I think that's fair to say. Uh, the Matt and Jeff of the Glovers Cast, the Bubba and Devon of the Glovers Cast, the Edge and Christian, if you will. Uh, hi, Ben. How can we be Scotty Too Hotty and Grandmaster Sex A? Too cool. I can do the worm as well. Yeah. There's a bombshell to start the podcast off. I can do the worm. <laughs> How are you ask, doing, mate? People will ask to see it if you start. I am not getting my worm out for anybody. <laughs> there we go. Um, where's Dave to write these things down? I know. I haven't even got a pen or a paper or anything. I'm going to need to write some titles down. Found an envelope. Have you? That'll do. Right on the back of it. <laughs> How you doing, bud? A dynamic. I can going off off air conversation. Neither of us are feeling particularly dynamic on this Thursday evening. No. It's been a no. busy couple of days at Perkins HQ. It has, yeah. A long, a long, feels like a long few days, actually. Mm. Um, but yeah, today's been, today's been one. It's been, <laughs> it's, it's been a day for me too. It's been like camping at Glastonbury. Intense. Oh, fun. Intense. How I would be rather be doing that than what I have been doing. Um, no, not for me. No. Okay. Um, but yes, it's been, it's been a day. It's been a day. It's been a week. It's been a month. It's been a year. To quote the good, to, to quote the Rembrandt. Um, yes, um, but good though. Good though. Um, what were you doing on Tuesday evening that was so important? You couldn't watch football. Well, on I think it was Tuesday evening. There was stuff happening. Oh, um, Casey found out she got a new job. That's a good thing. So it was a yeah. It was a bit of a chill out celebration just have a yeah have a relax have a glass of cider yes <laughs> and was asleep by <laughs> half past 10 <laughs> had was. another had had another one last night because we haven't been drinking for a bit had another one last yeah. night the one we didn't manage to finish and by 10 o'clock we were both like monging out on the sofa and needing to go to bed <laughs> and then felt worse for it this morning like uh, did, really yeah. long sleep, but felt horrific. <laughs> Never the mind. Jo- the joys of being a parent. A good night's sleep actually does you bad. Yes. Yeah, it does. It oh. does. Um, I got to see the football, but I couldn't hear the football. Very mm-hmm. strange situation on Tuesday. My my darling wife was out enjoying the company of her friends. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had the hurricanes at home. Big hurricane went to bed absolutely fine. Little hurricane having none of it. No. So I, I had to watch Yeovil versus Barnet. Yeah, well, she she went to sleep, but she went to sleep on me. Oh, okay. On the sofa. <laughs> you 
You should have put it on the telly. She could have fallen asleep. Oh no! I see. You can't have bright if it's if there's any brightness. Yeah. Game over. She'd have woken up. Oh okay. So I had to kind of have her on me on the sofa, turn away and watch silently, <laughs> so as to not to wake her and have too much of way of a bright light. But I did watch the football. I did pay my nine pound fifty, and I did get to see us unfortunately slip up against Barnet. It um was an odd game. Um. Uh, how do you, how do how do we do this? Do you want to ask me questions, or should I kind of describe what I saw? Describe what you saw, and I'll grill you through your conclusions. Have you ever watched or listened to anything in not quite full speed? Yes. Like you've at zero point seven five speed. Yeah. I felt like I was watching the football match on Tuesday night in zero point seven five speed. Yeah. It just felt a bit flat. There, was, uh, there wasn't much of a crowd there, was there? No. The camera was focused on basically an empty stand. Yeah. It's a strange one, Barnet, because where it is in the catchment area it has, you thought it would have the ability to drag a few more across. But, um, yeah, that, what was I, I don't even know what the official attendance was, but 211-ish of hours would have made up a fair chunk, probably. Yeah, I didn't see the attendance, but it just, yeah, from the pictures and watching the highlights and the lack of atmosphere, like even yeah. when I it, it was just like, uh, <laughs> there wasn't much sort of reaction at all. Just, yeah, seemed a bit odd for a Tuesday, especially considering, you know, seven days ago we played, uh, um, we played Eastley in front of, uh, what was it, 2 9. Yeah. And there was a nice, you know, nice atmosphere. But yeah, yeah, and even where they are location-wise, and in terms of their position in the table, yeah, it was a game that meant an awful lot to them. It was, um, it keeps them in. There's, there's not a lot, is there, between sort of fifth and and ninth? You know, Bromley and Southend are as much in the playoffs as they are out of them, and Barnet are probably. You're probably not going to get any higher than fifth. I think the top four are the top four this season. Yeah, and that's how those four are ending. Quite what in what order maybe is yet to be confirmed, but I think Barnet sort of fall in that best of the rest category alongside Boreham, Eastleigh, Wheelston, Southend, down to Bromley. And yeah, it, yeah, it looked it looked odd. It looked slow, a bit flat from them as much as it did us. I know they've got injury problems, but it was just a bit lethargic all round. And I think the team news gave away as much as anything else that we that we were trying to give people a bit of a break, really. Yeah, I think, I mean, the the big surprise, I guess, starting was Malachi Linton yeah. in the starting lineup. I don't think any of us saw that one coming. Um, got a bit of a chance to get himself back in the conversation. Um, set up a goal. He did. We'll come on to that later. But yeah, yeah I think lineup-wise, I guess, our player who's been absolutely pivotal these last few weeks and one who absolutely needed a rest was uh, Charlie Cooper um, in the midfield. Do you think we missed not having him in there? Uh, yeah, I think we did. Um, I, I think we missed Jordan Young more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we looked a little bit better when Charlie Cooper came on for Stevens. It's not a, a change that I think he particularly wanted to make, but we looked a little bit more like we had the ability to get out 
We yeah. were still under the cosh. We were still defending and we were still backed against the wall. But when Cooper was on, it felt like we had a way of getting out of it. He mm. was going to be the person that got the ball, turned it to our pace and then tried to make something happen. Um, so we, we definitely looked better with Cooper on the pitch. Um, but yeah, it was it was a strange 45 minutes. I, 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 I was trying to keep track of corners without checking like the official stats. And I think I got it missed out by one, but they had so many corners. Yeah. But they were playing for them. Like this wasn't a freak thing. They were trying to get set pieces. They were trying to get free kicks, throw-ins and corners because that's clearly something that they feel like they're strong at and cracking play to your strengths. But it just, it was very, very obvious. And we were just under the cosh of crosses under the keeper. I, I'm convinced they were trying to score directly from the corner. We don't have anybody on the front post. And on more than a few occasions, they were trying to hit the front post and just yeah. try and score. And we had to be sort of aware to that. We have somebody hanging around the back post and they dropped a couple on the back post, but it kind of got a bit sort of messy there. So they just kept whipping them near post. I'm convinced that they were trying to score direct, like they'd earmarked it. Uh, from the highlights that have been put out by Barnett, the that felt like Grant Smith was a little bit bombarded at points. There wasn't, not until the second half did he have to make some really sort of world-class saves, as he often does every game. But there was sort of difficult ones in the box. Yeah. Sort of straight down his throat and everything. But yeah, he certainly looked to be the busier of the two keepers from the highlights reel. Yeah, he was busier, but there was nothing there untoward. No. Nothing, nothing that would bother a keeper of his quality, which I think said a lot about the way we were quite happy to defend. Like mm. we let him have a couple of P-rollers like they're fine. Um, have have pot shots from distance, and the set pieces. Considering the Barnet are quite a sizable unit, I thought we handled them quite well for the yeah. most part. There was a lot of lot of corners right under the keeper's nose and things like that, and they crowded little areas and tried to make things nasty. And they only really had one half chance directly from a corner in that first half in particular. It was kind of looped into the back post and. And it was kind of nodded down and Grant Smith was there and it was fine. It was just quite clear. But I never felt worried in that first half. No. Like, we defended a lot. But I wasn't like, eh, this is fine. <laughs> this is yeah. absolutely okay. They didn't have a killer edge until Kabampa came on. They didn't have that one that was just going to leather the damn thing from six yards out when it fell nicely. Um, yeah, it was fine. First half was fine all around. No one, no one's going to write home. That's not making a single highlight package for the end of the season. That first half, <laughs> no, no, for anybody, for anybody, wasn't the most entertaining. Um, so second half, obviously at this point, Jordan Stevens has had to come off with a what we now know is a hamstring injury, and he's going to be out for four weeks, which is a mm. huge disappointment. Yeah. I suppose the other thing Mark Cooper said today is that Jordan Young is also hamstring, yeah, hamstrung. Um, so that's that's a we know the frustrating word that is huge given the form he has been in and yep. how he's been playing. Um, so that's a big disappointment. Uh, what were the what what were those opening stages of the second half like? We often improve after the halftime break. Did did we again? Yeah, yeah, we did. Kind of. Um, we we had a few attacking forays into the uh, into the Barnet half. Um, it was difficult because we had to do things quite quickly because we were soaking up prep a lot. 
So mm. the breakaways were a bit lethargic. We, we, we look knackered. It's not the way of putting it. We look absolutely knackered. Yeah. But we did make a couple of runs forward. Shory Johnson, I thought, had some fresh legs at times. Um, Ryan Law. Ryan Law. I can't decide whether I absolutely love the guy in midfield or whether he should be nowhere near midfield. And, I, and I, that makes no sense to even say out loud. But I can't sit here and wonder if I'm thinking like I thought about with Jordan Barnett. Yeah. Like a left back who just needs to get forward. Get him up there. It's fine. Or whether I'm thinking, I just don't know if it fits. It's, it's a very odd situation with him because he, he had a good header in the first half and he just gets leaned, sort of leaned off the ball. Really early on, we have two chances. That header and Maguire Drews kind of pokes an effort at a goal that only just goes wide. Um, but Ryan Law had a couple of moments where he was trying to really get going and record would go with him. And then on the other side, Shory Johnson would get bombing forward. And you think, this is good. It's a clear area that we can attack down these sides and try and make things happen. But those things never really kind of did happen, if I'm honest with you. It was, um, yeah, it was it was a very, very weird setup. I, I, without wishing to go back to the first half too much, there was one moment in the first half right near the end where a carbon copy of... Uh, Worthy's header in the, in the game a couple of days ago, a couple of games back, where he's clearly fouling Michael Kelly for Eastley. Well, Jordan Maguire Jr. was very clearly fouling his man in this situation as well. But the ball loops up in exactly yeah. the same way and it's dropping in and you go, oh, and then suddenly Laurie Walker palms a seven foot arm out and clears it off the line and then gets clattered by Charlie oh Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Cooper absolutely clatters him. Um, so that was that was it really. And then in the second half, we did get a little bit more, but we were deliberately trying to get into wider areas. I thought Matty Worthington was trying to be a right-sided player alongside Jura Johnson in the same way you had Law and Record on the other. I don't think Record had his best game, but I liked that he was trying to get forward. I don't think the execution was always there. In fact, I think it was very rarely there, but you could see the intent and I'm, I'm not going to start chucking people under the bus for effort because there's effort and abundance out there. They just look knackered. They really, really do. Um, yeah, and then and then the goals come quite quickly. Yeah, just three minutes apart. Yeah. Um, I think because we'd had a couple of moments in that second half that the first one caught us a bit on the hop. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a weird one to concede. I, I don't... I don't mind the header. It's it's a central defender who's about 12 foot tall being marked by Lawson Diaz because that's how the situation has fallen at that particular moment. It's a nice glancing header. It's about as far away from Grant Smith as you can get it. I'm not saying the keeper should be getting near it because I'm not sure he does. My only gripe is I don't think the cross should be coming in. I think there's a, I think there's a leg that can get stuck out early doors. I think it's Linton on the side as he's trying to stop that ball coming in and you just think... Those are the moments where you've got to be flinging absolutely everything to get something in the way of that, just to deflect it in a different direction. And it just it's a it's a free cross and a frustrating header that that skips fast. And then that, that just kind of shell shocks us because then you're going, okay, now we've got to try and chase the game. And actually, you sort of you see a little bit of burst of energy of us go right. We've got to go. We've got to have a go at something then. And that burst of energy manifests itself into Rio Ferdinand having a go from the. Going on a bit of a walkies at the back, and yeah, we've it unconscious not to throw anyone under the bus. I mean, Mark Cooper's very 
you know, he's after the match, he said how, you know, he's learning that, mm. you know, we're going to have those mistakes. Yeah. Um, it's quite similar to, I forget what game it was where he got sent off. But again, coming out from the back with the ball, yeah. touch a little bit too big and slides in and yeah, two footed and a red. But yeah, this one equally disastrous. Um, uh, giving a player like Kabamba that space in the box. Yeah. With his uh, record is, yeah. 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 Of all the players for that to fall to, you don't want it to be Kabamba. Um, I'm, I'm not going to chuck Owen Bevan under the bus. I think he's been fantastic in a really good defensive unit so far this season. Um, he will go back to Bournemouth, a better player for us having him. And he will go on and I reckon he will represent Bournemouth. And I would not be surprised if he ends up in a championship Premier League season, uh, team in two, three, four years time. He, I, I genuinely think he's got that much about him. Um, in that one instance, he just needs to understand we're one nil down. We're trying to get the game going, launch the damn thing, make a pass. Don't be a hero. Just keep it simple in that moment and he'll learn and that's fine. And that's why he's with us. And that's why he's what 19 years old. And that's why Bournemouth want him out on loan. And look, you're not going to get me, but it, it has cost us that second goal. Um, we then, we then make our changes and we chuck some strikers on and we try and get things going. And to be fair, again, we had, we had a couple of moments. I mean, we only scored a couple of minutes after that mm. goal. So, you know, you, you get back, you know, one goal back and within touch and distance of them. And a good goal, I thought. Great. Like the way Jamie Records got to head that one from that position to get it sort of up and over the keeper. Yep. It's a great header. Hopeful ball in from Linton, isn't it? More of one, put it into the mixer and hope someone's there to get on the end of it. So Malachi Linton's had a weird game for me. Yeah. And... Again, I, I am I am in no way, shape, or form wanting to throw anybody under the bus there. But I was sat there, and that cross is exactly the sort of cross that Malachi Linton would want to be getting on the end of. And that's fine, other than that he did have those crosses to try and get on the end of. Yeah. And we, he wasn't quite getting on. And there was one in the quite early on in the second half before they'd scored. And Matty Worthington's on the right-hand side, and he, he just whips in one of those corridor of uncertainty crosses that can go anywhere off anybody. And the two people trying to get on the end of it are law and record. Yeah. And I'm like, where's Linton? Where's Linton? Why has he not been given that same Alex Fisher role of 18 yard box post to post? That's the only place you need to be. Yeah. And we aren't, we aren't being horrible enough in attack. We aren't just chucking our bodies on the line to just get something on the end of one of those horrible crosses. And actually what Rio Griffiths did, and to a certain extent Alex Fisher did when he came on, is they provided that central figure. Malachi Linton then goes on the right-hand side and ends up setting up the goal because he's out being someone to deliver and to make something happen. Yeah. And that's that's fine. That's good. That's where I want him. It's exactly where I want him. And I wonder if that's actually... What am I trying to say here? I wonder if maybe he's got a role in that wider right of the three. Yeah, rather than through the middle. Yeah, and if we are going to be missing a Jordan Young, he can become one of those 
that goes out on the wider side and does that. And actually, I think we need to start thinking about how we can get Rio Griffiths in that starting lineup or how we go and get Alex Fisher back in the lineup with Mal to one side or the other because he just wasn't a focal point. The ball was never sticking to him. And when we got into attacking situations where his body was forward of the goal, he wasn't throwing himself. He wasn't doing absolutely everything in his human ability power to affect that game from that position. And it just ended up meaning that the ball came back, to be honest. He's not that hold-up striker. No, he's not. And I'd, I'd argue none of our strikers are that. I'd, I mean, what were your first thoughts on Rio Griffiths, the first time we've seen him play? Um, he's not the quickest. No. He's not going to be He's not going to be chasing central defenders down and making things happen. But I think he might be someone that others can work off of. Um, I'm quite well, well that looks like. scale of one to Ruben Reed. He's got a bit of the Rubens about him. <laughs> He does have a bit of the Rubens about him. Um, for me, he starts on Saturday because one of the things I said in my conclusion is we've got to start being horrible up front. And I yeah. think he has, he, he just gives that aura. He's big, he's muscly, he's going to grab a defender, he's going to step on a toe at a corner. Isn't, isn't, you know, he's not going to be nice up there. He's not going to be pandering to centre backs. And I think we, I think I will accuse our strikers of being too nice this season. And Rio Griffiths has no reason to be nice. So I'm hoping he's been brought in to be a horrible little so-and-so. <laughs> um, so I'd, I I would start him and I'd have, we've probably not got many choices, but I'd have Linton on one side and JMD the other in a three. Yeah, we are a bit bit stuck now again, aren't we? The the injury so and losing Josh Hours and Seb Palmer Holden. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. neither of them, I'm, I'm not overly fussed about losing them. No. Josh Hours more than Palmer Holden. Palmer Holden, with the greatest respect in the world, did the square root of nothing. Well, he did it at York. I, I thought he looked better. Was it Altrincham, I think? Um, when you're asking someone who's only played... My wife just bought me a cup of tea in a ah. Mr. Perfect mug. Whoa. There you go. There's another wrestling thing there as well. <laughs> That's obviously not your mug. That's someone else's. I, I can only assume that she has done the appropriate legwork, that I am Mr. Perfect. <laughs> there you go. Apparently so. Well, lucky for you. She, she just said it was the last cup on the rug, on the rack because <laughs> all the rest in the dishwasher. <laughs> it's probably true, to be fair. Sorry, we were talking about, we were talking about Seb Palmer holding. I, 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 I don't think we'll miss him. He will, he will go down with Matty Gravosti this year for me. When we do our end of season reviews, he and Matty Rivosti will get the same score. I think we'd have got to see more of him. And I, it, to me, it feels like Bristol, well, in the Gaffer's presser today, Mark Cooper said, oh, he understands Bristol City wanted them to be playing. Um, and we weren't paying for them, um, so and they can do what they like. You know, we've got so many loans that we've got to try and, you know, fit in as such. And depending on where our absentees are, yeah. Um, it's you know, we've we've ironically we don't now, but we've we had quite a few in midfield and up front we've brought in another loanee and we've you know, it's, it's making them fit in where they're gonna fit, but I do think we would have seen more of them. Hours, hours, hours would have played on Saturday. He would have started on Saturday. 
because mm. we're that light and he could be a bit Charlie Cooperish. Yeah. Um, so ours, I think, we'll miss. Yeah. Um, Palmer Holden, I okay. Um, <laughs> I think you're I think... being unfair. I quite, quite probably, yeah, <laughs> almost certainly. Um, and I think we'll, I think we'll probably make the two obvious changes. I think both Oliver Bore and Agbaji will, will get game time. They obviously didn't on Saturday, on Tuesday. So, yeah, difficult to know how that team's going to line up. Really, I know we, we don't want to get too far thinking about um, forward. We'll do that in a bit, but difficult to kind of pick that side now for what is a what is a huge game. Um, after the goal, after record scores. I don't think we really look like breaking the door down until the very last minute. And I want to go back to us. I want to go back to that thing about us um, not being horrible enough. There was a triple header of chances at one point. So Ryan Law come, cuts in on from the left on his right foot. And if anyone out there wants to know what it's like to not be right footed, just watch the way Ryan Law tries to shoot right footed. <laughs> that foot that foot is there for standing on and standing on only. Anyway, gets Ricochet back out. And then um Jordan Maguire Drew kind of has a swing at it. It gets a bit blocked. It's a bit meh. It gets recycled out to I think it's Diaz on the right hand side. And I'm just sat there silently screaming to not wake little Barrett hard and low. Just smash it hard and low, about three yards out. There's 700 people in that box. Someone's going to get a deflection somewhere. And it's a bit wishy-washy. It's a bit trying to find someone. Just let the damn thing. There's um, a couple of occasions where there's one where the ball bounces down in the box. And I think Staunton kind of has it, but it's back to goal and it kind of bounces up again. And Linton just looks at it. We're only talking split-second decisions. We're only talking minute split-second decisions. And you're like, hit it then. (laughs) <laughs> and this Barnet just toe just pokes out in some ways because they're being ugly about it. They're just ugly defense, bang, just get a yeah. foot in the way. And I you just scream, just grab this moment by the scruff of the neck. Somebody become a hero. And there was a few occasions like that. There was one, oh, there was one really frustrating one where you can tell we're not quite thinking. Um Diath, I think it is, whips this ball down the right hand side. And both Chory Johnson and Matt Worthington are running through. But Matt Worthington has tried to curve his run from the centre of the pitch to go into this right-hand angle, and Chory Johnson just going straight. And you can see for all the day that Matt Worthington's offside, and Chory Johnson is running alongside him, and I can only imagine he's going, leave it, it's mine, you're offside, and you're almost willing him. You're willing Jory Johnson just to grab Worthington by the scruff of the neck, yank him back. You're offside, get back there. He doesn't, and the flag goes up, and you're like, <laughs> it's just little finite moments of clarity and decision making that defined such a drab, slow game. And it's fallen the wrong way for us on and those when, occasions. And when you're knackered, and when you're knackered, that's it. You that's make exactly those, it. You know. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It was even even in the first half, there was a point where the ball goes back to Grant Smith. It doesn't go back to him. It goes like out for a goal kick. But Grant Smith toddles on out towards the edge of the sort of the corner of his box to stop the ball going out for a goal kick. Puts his foot out. It deflects off his foot and goes out for a corner. Yeah. And you go, oh, <laughs> just take the goal kick. Keep it yeah. simple, you idiot. 
You just don't just know. Don't put that pressure on yourself. You've defended 10 corners. You've got five more to come in the second half. Just, just chill out. You could tell that everyone felt a little bit on edge, a little bit knackered. A little bit like you and I feel, mate, to be honest, probably about now. Yeah. And that's how and that, and that's how it felt and that's how it played out. Um, I'm not going to get overly upset about losing away at Barnet. Barnet are fine at home. Barnet will probably finish inside the playoffs our season. As Sheridan absolutely rightly put, she took the words right out of my brain when she did a post-match press conference. Our season isn't defined by Barnet away. It really isn't. We've come out of it. I was going to say unscathed, but we haven't with Jordan Stevens. But mm. we have we have things to sort of build on. And there was enough there that makes me think that things are a little bit different to what they were. We just need we just need a bit of rest and recovery before before the before the really big games start turning up. Yeah, and one of those big games is Segway. The Halifax Town and Dave has had a chat this week with uh, Luke, who is a Halifax Town supporter. Okay, so this is Dave joining you for a guest appearance, and I have got with me Luke Walsh, who is a FC Halifax Town supporter and the presenter of the National League uh, podcast as well. Luke, welcome back to the Glovers cast. No, it's great to be on. Um, thank you for inviting me on. Great to talk a bit about the shame, and it's been a little bit more positive recently. Absolutely. Well, I'm just trying to think back to when we um, when we played you last, which was I think the end of end of November. You were in a, a pretty decent run of form, if I remember rightly, in that sort of November period. Yeah. And even after uh, we obviously won, we're like, uh, probably a little bit fortunate. I know our goal scorer then got sent off in that game, I think. But um, uh, then you, you had some some decent results after after that. But one of those decent results was a um, an FA Trophy win uh, at Geisley. And uh, obviously it's the FA Trophy that really seems to have uh, uh, captured the imagination at the Shea at the moment. It's a bit of trophy fever, is there? Yeah, I think it's been one of the, I won't say the few positives, but it's been something on the backbone, I think, this season that's been a positive thing in my opinion because we look at the season as a whole and I think it's fair to say our expectations maybe we, we have higher expectations than what we really should have as a size of the club because of what we've done the last three seasons but I think we have underperformed this season you know low and mid-table we were hoping to start the season with the players that we've got as you'll be well aware we've got the likes of Matty Warburton still with us who was a, a good player at Yeovil we were hoping and that would be challenging at least for the playoffs this season. And that hasn't been the case. But one thing potentially that has been as positive and something to get the fans a bit excited about is the prospect of getting to Wembley once again. Of course, we made that appearance, our first appearance ever in 2016. We actually went down this se- that season, but hopefully that won't happen again this season. It's not looking likely that we will go down. I think we're, we're strong enough to survive. But yeah, this FA Trophy one that we've had, um, I don't think it's been... A perfect FA Trophy one. I don't think it's been a proper cup one. Well, I don't know what you could say about that. But, you know, we, we obviously we beat Geisley in the early stages. We then played Howard Borough, beat them on penalties. We then went to Maidenhead and beat them on penalties before playing Aldershot away from home and pulling through in that game. I think the tournament really did get kick off for supporters where team, the team were getting behind the players for this was against Aldershot. And I think it's great that 
we have pulled through where maybe early on in the season we wouldn't have pulled through in that game and we'd have nothing to look forward to now with nine, ten games remaining until the end of the season. Yeah, and it's a semi-final now, is that right? you got uh, Altrinham in the semi-final. Yeah, Altrinham away. Um, I think they'll probably give us about a 1,000 away tickets, so it should be a good day out. I'm sure we'll probably sell that allocation out with you know the potential of a, another Wembley trip for, for ourselves. Um, I think it's it's a case of if you toss a coin and whoever knew it, and that's the winner because it's that tight between the two sides. You know, if Altrinham turn up on the day and Halifax don't, Altrinham will win. Vice versa, if Halifax do win, it's it's going to be a really tough game. But I'm hoping from a Halifax perspective, we can pull through and have some positive positive positivity at, come the end of the season and the Wembley trip, hopefully. So can we take some kind of comfort in the fact that you've got your eyes on uh, you know, being 90 minutes away from Wembley and you might take your eye off the ball as far as the, the league is concerned? Because as you say, there's probably mid-table obscurity now, isn't it? You're not going to go down, you're not going to go up. You can you can, you can just give us three points, Sadie, can't you? No, unfortunately not, um, because... And we need to we need to survive this season. That's still something that I think it's likely now that we're going to survive. I think we've proven time and time again that we're good enough to survive. But we need to get to that point. I think I think it will be about fifty points this season, and we'll be safe. So once we've got to fifty points, um, that's when we can maybe have our eyes more on the trophy than the league. And unfortunately, you're playing as a point where we need all three points. And no disrespect to you, but. We see this as a as a must win game, but of course, Yeovil they've improved recently, haven't they? Under the new ownership, and I'll I'll take this opportunity to congratulate Yeovil fans and yourself because I think it's great news for you. But maybe at the wrong time, you've got as you've got a bit of a bounce, haven't you? Now after um, the takeover. Yeah, maybe we'll see the takeover. Uh, we we keep being told it's it's done. But it's not quite done. So um, we've we, we've spent the last three years being uh, being gaslighted by our previous owner. So we're all questioning. Everyone's questioning everything at the moment. So we're um, yeah we're waiting and seeing. But yeah, we'll we'll keep our fingers firmly crossed that it it is done and it, and it, and it is that bounce. But I think yeah for us this season is it's survival and that does make Saturday a a, a really important game um, to get something from. I wouldn't say it's a must win, but it's definitely a must not lose. I would say. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think both sides, it'll be be a low-scoring game. I think it's two very defensive-minded sides, yeah. you know. You overlap this side that they don't score many goals, but what they do do is they don't concede many. They're really hard to beat. They're a hard side to defeat, I think, this season. You know, 16 draws. It's just, and we were saying this on the podcast, it's about turning those draws into wins, you know. We've seen some of the results that Yeovil have got against the best sides in the division, Chesterfield, Notts County, Wrexham, all these teams that they've got points against those, but you know they need to be turning those draws into wins, in my opinion, because you have got quite a tough end to the season when I, when I did have a look earlier. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've got this one, and then I think we've still got uh, Gateshead, Dorking and Aldershot to play, which feels like a, an important run of fixtures. But, I mean, looking at your, um, your, your team, obviously, as you mentioned, Pete, Pete Wilde leaving at the end of last season and um, uh, Chris Millington, isn't it? It was his assistant yeah. now now winning charge. I remember when we played you last time, he was um, in, a, well, it kind of gone from a really difficult start into picking yeah. up a little bit of form. I mean, how's he, yeah, how's he settling in? Or is, how is he, is he levelled out a bit now? I think we've had mixed emotions about him. We have a point in the season where we're thinking, oh, Millington out, Millington out. Then we have a spell where we're thinking, oh, it's like the old days with Pete Wilde. And then it's back to Millington out, Millington out. Um, I think the fan base has torn between their opinions on him. 
for me personally, I can't say much because a couple of months ago I was saying, oh, we should sack Millington. Now I'm saying, no, keep him until the end of the season. I think he's doing an okay job. So um, it's a difficult one to say. It's hard to say where we're at as a team because at one minute, like I've mentioned, we're on poor form, losing to anyone you can think of in the division. And then next minute we're, we're competing with some of the best sides in the division, like we proved on that mini run that we had prior to Christmas. I know at that point, um, including that Yeovil away game, we were thinking we can still get the playoffs um, now. Mm. And we were looking like we could, you know, compete with those sides, with the players that we had on show, the likes of Summerfield, Spence, Warburton. But the big problem, and I think it is for many teams who are struggling this season, is we've had significant injuries to crucial players, such as Warburton, such as Summerfield, such as Spence. Unfortunately for you, they all seem to come back um, into the starting eleven recently, Jamie Cook, another name too, just to add to that list. So that's been the problem. You know, our midfield must be made of glass this season because of the amount of injuries that we have had. But I think us on on form, we're one of the best sides in the division. And I think our place isn't a true reflection of the side at, at full ability. But you could say that about many teams this season. But the problem is we haven't had a settled eleven. We haven't had a settled midfield, a settled back four. You know, we haven't really had a, a proven goal scorer throughout the season. I don't think Diaz Ruiz lived up to those expectations that we were hoping he would do because of what he done, what he has done at Grimsby. Then again, he's still a useful striker that holds up the ball very well. But it just feels that we're lacking goals. And when we have that unsettled eleven, we also leak the odd goal too. And that's mm-hmm. the, been the problem this season. I think that Yeovil away game, we had, were actually a strong side and we were in a lot of form with the likes of Spence Warburton. Summerfield playing. Um, I think that was just a bad day at the office. And I think Yeovil did as once again with the same, um, it was like a cardboard copy of the previous season. Um, another penalty decision that was, I don't know if it was controversial or not, but uh, Worthington obviously scored the previous season. You did beat us 1-0 at your place due to a penalty too. But no, I think, I think well, good sign. I think at home with the players coming back from injury now, I'd be confident in that game against you guys, especially considering your current position. Yeah, so I suppose the only other thing we've got to ask you about is you had a game called off in in midweek um, due to a, I think it's a waterlogged pitch. The weather forecast is looking a little bit damp in uh, West Yorkshire over the next few days. What are the chances of this game actually being on? Um, it's a difficult one to say. I live in Huddersfield, so I'm not like being able to look at the pitch every single day. Um, but obviously the game against Bromley got called off. Um, our pitch, and this is. Just honestly here to any Yeovil fans that are travelling up, it's it's a sandpit and it has been for a number of seasons. Um, you know, I know Yeovil fans have had a few issues with the ownership. We, we've had a few with um, the council and a bit towards the owner too um, because of stuff like the pitch, the match day experience, etc. But um, yeah, the pitch is, is, is dreadful, to be honest. And uh, I know the groundsman and everyone and his team are trying their best to get this match on, but... Um, I'd be confident it's on, but then again, it's very hard to say at this moment in time. You know, the it has been bad weather the last couple of days, but you just don't know with Halifax. Um, to be honest, you know, I think the one time it was snowing, we were expecting the match to be on. Then again, it, it, it went ahead, and there were a game where you know it was okay. And we we're thinking, oh, it's going to go on every other game's going on, and uh, it didn't go ahead. So. It's really hard to say what I would do and give any old fans any advice. And I'm sure you'll be thinking this anyway. Leave it as late as possible 
um, on Saturday to make that journey up to the, Halifax. The, the, the problem with living like uh, 250 miles away from Halifax is you can't yeah. leave it late. No, you can't yeah. leave it late. It's not going to be late, that's for sure. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe what we'll do is, um, yeah, keep an eye on, and, and and hopefully, I mean, they were quite sensible in midweek when I think they called it off on the Monday, didn't they? Because um, yeah. uh, you say Bromley were playing, so obviously they'd have had a long journey on a midweek as well. So hopefully there'll be at least sort of uh, a pitch inspection um, in the plans for for Saturday morning, even if they if they haven't called it by then. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think we've learned from past mistakes. I know Darkin had a lot to say on the game being called off multiple times on the yeah. same day. Um, so I think, yeah, there'll be a pitch inspection on Friday. I think if, the, if it looks playable, it will. But then again, if a load of rain comes over on Friday evening, you, you just don't know. And I think that's the thing about the National League, isn't it? It's so unpredictable with games going ahead. But um, yeah, I think if there's any significant danger to the match, I think it'll be called off on Friday. Yeah, do you think uh, your t- Halifax will want it to be played? Or... Yeah, I think we will. We wanted the Bromley game to be played because we want a high. We, we, you know, we want to build some momentum. And that's been another issue this season. As soon as we start building a bit of momentum, you know, get a good victory against a good side or a good point or even a promising performance, bang, game's called off um, due to multiple reasons, but mo- most of the time because of the pitch or, you know, we'll have a, we'll have a good few games and then we're playing against a really good side and then it's oh, back to square one once again but we'll be wanting this game to go ahead because we need to build some momentum I think we need to have a strong end to the season you know we obviously I think we will survive but if we have a strong end to the season we can assess which players we want to keep because I think we have that luxury where previously we haven't we the majority of the players I think we can decide whether we keep them or not we can have a look and see what, what our strongest 11 is until the end of the season have this FA, FA Trophy journey and run on, on the on the side. Um, and, yeah, I think it could be a good end to the season, a promising end. We've got a few uh, good games coming up with the likes of Wrexham at home, obviously the FA Trophy too. So, yeah, I, I, I'd be confident um, that, the, that the players will be wanting to get this on. And I know uh, I can guarantee the fans, including myself, really want to get back to the Shea and build on some positive momentum. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully, uh, whatever does happen, there's no positive momentum being built there because obviously, yeah, uh, I think we need the points. Uh, probably, I'd say probably more than you guys do at the moment, yeah. but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Well, Luke, thanks again for joining us, and uh, yeah, see, uh, see you there Saturday. Certainly will. Thanks to Luke for his little chat with Dave. Obviously hoping for some momentum this weekend as they return to the the Shea. Um, bit of a funny season for Halifax Town. They were really struggling when we last played them. Picked up a little bit, but had a little spell. A couple of draws against horror teams. Teams like us. Down towards the bottom end of the table. Goalless draws. Um, I imagine they're a bit nervy that they're going to be sucked into the into this battle, just having built a bit of a gap. And there's the unknown quantity of the fact that they're thinking about an FA Trophy semi final. Mm. Their lads are their lads are one game from Wembley. Be a really bad time to get a six week injury. 
It sure it, would. It, it really would be. Um, so, yeah, that, that win against Aldershot, difficult to know what to make of it, really, because obviously it was FA Trophy rather than league, but it also represents a head-to-head against a similar kind of side. So that will give them a bit of confidence. The nil-nil subsequent draws against Gateshead and Dorking, probably not so much. And you alluded to them there. They aren't a million miles ahead of us. Mm. I um, I said in my conclusions, actually, that there was a point, there was a single, there was a 10-minute spell, I think, towards the end, of the, sec- the end of the first half. If we'd have scored the way the other results are going, we'd have jumped above both York and Aldershot. And we'd have gone to 40 and jumped above them both on goal difference. Yeah. That would have looked really good for us, but it would have taken us within two points of Halifax. Now, obviously, if buts and maybes, if my auntie had my auntie had balls, she'd be my uncle. But it's um, it, you can tell how tight it is around there, and it doesn't take much of a um, doesn't take much of a run. But they have put on a little bit of a run, and we were chatting off air actually that they're coming off the back of this is kind of the end of their run against the bottom teams. They've played Dorking, they've played um, Gateshead. They're playing us, obviously, but prior to that, it was uh, they've played Maidenhead, who are in the middle of the middle. Wilson, they've thrashed Wilson, to be fair. Um, so, and then Aldershot, but in the cup, they've played a similar kind of team. Whilst we've been playing promotion chasers, Barnet, Chesterfield, Eastley, Woking. So it's it's going to be an interesting sort of battle in that respect, and I really don't know what to make of it. Do you think this represents? I kind of alluded to it in my conclusion for the Barnet game, but this is the first of the big four, isn't it? I think so. I think so. I, it, and we don't want to put too much on it. And no. I know Matt Worthington and uh, Mark Cooper both said today, you know, it's take each game as it comes. We can't go, Matt Worthington said, there's 30 points up for grabs. So that'd be nice. Um, 44, so where does that take us? Where's 77 take us? Playoffs. <laughs> yes, get it. <laughs> um. Yeah, I. So uh, it's think... hard. It's hard not to look at the other games as well. By the way, and to contextualise Saturday, York Dorking. Oof, yeah. that's a big one. Um, Gate said, "Are playing Torquay." Oof. Yeah, that's what I did. I'm on Torquay. Maidenhead. It's it's the made derby. Maidenhead made stone. Yeah, and Scunthorpe Wheelston. Now Wheelston obviously are, are are not in any kind of bother, but you know Maidstone can properly get cut adrift. They have to base. They are at win them all territory, aren't they? Well, yeah, and their top goal scorer left didn't he this week? Yeah, um, Scunthorpe could get a bit of a battering by Wheelston, mm-hmm. and that then leaves you that twenty first, twenty second clash. <laughs> what do we want there? A draw? Yeah, or Torquay to win. Yeah, yeah, we do. Such a strange little weekend, a really important weekend, and that's what I kind of wanted to to put into context, really, is that actually it's not our result that is the real definer. It's our result in conjunction with the others at this point. Yeah. The Dorking game, the Gateshead game, when they roll around, are all about those. But actually, if, if we win... Dorking and York draw, Gateshead and Torquay draw, we would go to 40 alongside York, but we'd be so far clear of the rest. 
we'd be so far clear of Gateshead and Torquay, they'd sit on like, we'd be six points ahead. Yeah, you almost want York to win at Dorking as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what that would do is would make it closer to being four from five, of which we're not one. Yeah, and I think when um, you put Gateshead and now got a couple of games in hand on us as but, well. Do you know what? It's not. It's not. There's three of those teams that are in the FA Trophy semi-finals: uh, Halifax, Altrium, Gateshead. And who's the other one? Halifax. Halifax have got Ultram. Oh, Barnet. So you've got three sort of teams. You've got two teams there in and around us thinking about as much as anything the FA Trophy. Mm. And you're going, geez. So, yeah, I I do think it's important. It must not lose. Definitely yeah. must not lose. Because flip that on its head. Other results can go very badly against us at the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every, you know, we, I don't know about, are you on commentary this weekend? Yes, sir. Nice. We, um, throughout the game, just keep an eye on the live table and, you know, there's, yeah. I forget which match it was, but we were, I think it was Woking actually, where we were in the bottom four for that mm-hmm. all day. Yep. <laughs> and then a the result changed and we went up up out of it and it's just yeah there's so many moving parts as there always is but I suppose the last couple of years we've been quite happy just to be mid of the mid now we're actually having to keep an eye on everything else exactly and um this this is a kind of a cut-off point as well for multiple different things a it's a cut-off before we get a full week off yeah b it's a cut-off for the 10 yellow card thing so, Matty Worthington, if you're 89 minutes into this game and the referee gives a decision against you, shut up. <laughs> don't get booked in this game, Matty yeah. Worthington. Just don't do it because it, it gets wiped after 37 league games. I wonder who the ref but, is. I bet it's one who's card happy as well. Oh, of course it is. Absolutely is. But I hope someone's mentioned it to him. Like, this is the point where you just cannot today. You just cannot. Otherwise, he's going to not only miss... Because he, he didn't make the England squad, which I, I'm gutted for him because I really wanted him to, to play for his country because I think he's deserved it for his time at Yeovil not just this year but all the rest of it but he now gets (laughs) but also he gets a week off he does get a week (laughs) off but what I don't want him to have is a week off and then two more weeks off with Bromley and Southend yeah you know we need him for those Bromley Southend games yeah yeah it's it's crossing my mind as to whether or not he plays to protect him to protect that yellow card yeah but at the same time or you, or you just take him off after an hour. Who else is there in that? In who can do that? I think the games we've not had him. We've absolutely missed him. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. In an ideal world, with three nil up at halftime, and yeah. he's fine, and he's thinking, just take me out of this. That would be something, wouldn't it? That would be amazing. Up at halftime. Um, so. It is the team is going to be interesting, and I don't know how he's going to go about it if he's going to try and rest and rotate because Cooper's got to come back in. Mm. So I don't know. Do we do we do a I quick think, eleven? Do I think if we 11? haven't got Jordan Stevens, we need Matt Worthington's legs in. Oh yeah, absolutely. Midfield, absolutely. Quick eleven, quick eleven. Where's that pen gone? Well, oh that where, one. Where's, you? your, where's your envelope? <laughs> so I don't think Jory Johnson did a lot wrong. 
at right back. I thought he was getting forward a little bit. He stays in for me. The back four, I think, stays exactly as it is. Back five, obviously, with the keeper. It's what you do in front of that that I think has to tweak a little bit. So I go Cooper, I go Diaz, and I'd I'd either go Worthington or Law. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I wouldn't go Worthington is because of the yellow card. So for me, Law drops the bench. Okay. I'm going to start Griffiths as a focal point because I think the ball's going to have to stick up there a little bit longer. And Linton and JMD. Okay. Who else have we got? <laughs> well, that kind of, yeah, we are starting to run out a bit now. What that does leave us uh, with the bench is... Space for on the bench, you've got... Agbaji, Law... Akbadji and Law. Fisher. Fisher. Jeez, is that it? No, it's got to be more than that. We must have another loan somewhere. Oliver Bori. Yeah, that's our last loan. I, I all... wonder if... I mean, we've seen Agbadji in midfield. Uh, yeah, from, possibly someone... I, I'd introduce Agbadji in midfield. You let Worthy run his legs out for 45 minutes an hour. And then I, I wouldn't... I, again, this is the Jordan Barnett theory of if you're just putting someone on to, to Harry and to get in people's faces, I'm okay if Agbaji goes and does that. Yeah. Even if it is basically attacking midfield. Like, fine. Be a nuisance. Yeah. Get stuck be in. Na- be nasty. Yeah. Be someone who's going to start being a bit nasty around here. So that's you, what it is. I, I, I'll be, I'll be nasty. <laughs> I'll be nasty. I don't think you could be nasty, Ben. Oh, I'm lovely. <laughs> You're Mr. Perfect, obviously. That's um, what the mug says. Exactly. Yeah. You can't call your wife that. <laughs> don't tell her I said that. <laughs> um, what did you make of the? Just circling back to Barnet. What did you make of the reaction? After the game, felt like a bit a, weird. Felt like a mix of talking about the manager needing more players. Have we got the right players? And you know, it prompted um, Matt Ugler to post, you know, post to Twitter and say we believe the squad is more than capable of staying up as they've proved against Eastleigh and Chesterfield to keep calm and bring in the right players on the right terms. Uh, long-term project, squad is more than capable. Rome wasn't built in three weeks. Um, I, I thought the reaction, I, I don't know. It's a bit much. Are we getting impatient? Yeah. People, I say we. I was, you know, on my list of results. I got nothing from Barnet. So yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think I think there's a couple of things at play here. People think suddenly we are Wrexham with our spending power. We're probably not. Um, people think that we have the ability now to just outbid people. Like we can just go out and go, well, we'll who who else? Where's the where's the next Paul Mullen? Let's go and do it. Yeah. That's not gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen. Um do you think we have to be also think um everyone just wants to come to us now because of where we are as well, rather than it, you know, we've um, always had a problem recruiting yeah. in our area. 
still in the Oval. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, and we have got players. Yeah. Let's not forget, we're still paying the wages of Charlie Wakefield, of Morgan Williams, of Jordan Stevens, of Max Hunt. These players that would all make squads, would all be involved if they were fit. We've still got Jack Clark technically on the books. Yeah. You know, we've, we've got players. It's not an idea that we don't have players. The fact that they're all not fit at the moment and they all run themselves into the ground. We can't go out and get more loans because they can't play. So unless there's free agents, and if you're a free agent in middle of March, that probably says more than the actual <laughs> anything else. If you're still a yeah. free agent now, still looking, we've got, it. We, we, we got problems. And a yeah. free agent now takes three weeks to get a match fit, if not more. Yeah. So short of us going out to somewhere and buying someone who is ready, I'm, I don't understand. Yeah. And yeah. doing that, when you don't know what division you're going to be in, if we were 14th and we were having these problems, then actually it would be very easy to go to one of Mark Cooper's summer targets and go, come on then, come and join us for the rest of the season. We'll see the season out. We'll just you know cruise to the end. And the next season we're going for it. Yeah. But you can't sell, come here for the rest of the season, hope to Christ we stay up, help us stay up. If we don't stay up, National League South next year. Let's, how's that how's that appeal? Going on the way? Yeah. It's a tough sell. It's a tough sell. So yeah. I, I agree. We do need to, we do need to chill out a little bit. We do. We need to we need to think further forward. And that probably is where we start thinking about does Ollie Hayes, Toby Stevens, that lot who are out at the moment, have futures. Will doors get released at the end of the season? Maybe. You know, we have players out on loan. We probably have recall options on Ben Richards Everton. <laughs> no, it sounds stupid, but if we were that desperate for players, we have recall options. We would get Ollie Hayes back on the bench. We would have Toby Stevens. We would have these players. We'd chuck Ben Jarney on. If we were that desperate for players, those things could happen also. I don't truly believe we are that desperate. That that's what's that that's what's needed. We just need to get what we have back fit. Because I agree, I think the squad we have got is good enough. Yeah, we, we haven't even seen Scott Pollard kick a ball yet. No, he's on the grass though. He's on the grass today. About, about time. There we on go. the grass. Get on yeah. grass. <laughs> get on grass in Halifax. You know, is if if he's back on the grass, is he kicking? Is he kicking footballs? Is he able to sit on a bench and? Don't know, be part of warm-ups. Stuff like ass, he can probably sit on a bench. There you go. Stick him on the bench. He can be the fifth sub. <laughs> and then if he gets a chance to get a bit of match fitness, come on for the last 10 minutes when we're 7-0 up, crack him. I mean, he has, I don't know if he's kicked the ball on grass yet. He might just be running on grass. So if they need a spare linesman, we're fine. Do you think that's like a euphemism for like running on fumes? <laughs> he's running on grass. <laughs> Sounds like more of a euphemism for what Snoop Dogg does. He definitely runs on grass. Correct. Um, Anything before we smash through some GCQs? There will be some GCQs. Um, It was just, no, I I know what you mean about the post-match reaction. And even on social media, I thought it was a bit weird. Like they were having a go at the fact that they've got pizzas on a bus. Like every team in the country has pizzas post-match. Like, I'd have a Domino's after this. There you go. Exactly. They don't deliver in Ilchester, though. Have a word. Mm. But you know, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to get bogged down about got pizzas on a bus. So what? Refuel. 
if the bus driver's happy with it, go for it. He probably gets a slice, doesn't he? Gets yeah. in. Yeah, they always get a slice. Okay. Ready for some questions? Born ready. Uh, Darren Bees has asked one, which has kind of been answered through social, but for transparency's sake. For, we, for the benefit of the tape. For the benefit of those with flash photography. Uh, after today's interview with Mark Cooper, the way Sheridan referred to SU Glovers was a little strange, as if the takeover was still outstanding. Do you have any further information? Uh, to which Sheridan has replied, the deal isn't done yet. Um, the last bit, as Matt's told me, and the Glovers cast, um, not quite owners yet, doesn't feel like calling them owners yet. Bureaucratic thing was what he described the final piece as. Um, yeah, so the deal isn't done yet. Darren, not fully complete um, until it's on company. We've done scarf on pitch. Now we need ink on paper on company's house. Yes. I like the fact that he asked if we have any more information. No. no we're not. We're not that in the know. <laughs> not that in the know. No. Sorry, Darren. But I think no. you did get an answer. No. Yeah. And it's, it's a fair question to ask. Yeah. It's an absolutely fair question to ask. You know, we it's would. A bit like when uh, the council bought. When the council said they wanted to buy the ground before the Glovers Trust activated the asset of community value, everyone thought the council had bought the football club and it had happened. Yeah, exactly. When there was, you know, several more chapters to that story. Before. And as as we've seen this week by the fact that our uh, chief stewards were in the away end at Barnet, like, are you telling me no one asked those kind of questions? Of course it did. And they yeah. probably got told, it's fine. We've seen everything we need to see. Just one of those processes that has to go through. And until we're told otherwise, or until we find out otherwise, I'm happy to take Matt on his word on that. I really am. And we'll keep asking those questions because it's the right questions to ask. Absolutely. Uh, Dan Cabell, here's a good one for you, Ben. Okay. Uh, start one. You have to start one, bench one, release one. Oh, no. Uh, Gavin Williams, Lee Johnson, Darren Way. Oh, come on. <laughs> that's not fair no. that's not fair is it right I, right i've got to start gav yeah I'm with he's you. the best he's the best of the best oh that's not fair <laughs> they're so good and they because like you could say uh one of them left well they both left eventually i am um... Benching Darren White. Oh, <laughs> how how are you making that call? Well, I've got to do it. Someone's got to do something here, Ben. Oh, someone's got to take them. I've got to stop being nasty in this. I'm releasing Lee. Oh, that's not fair. What did he ever do to you? Uh, made all my dreams come true, Ben. That's he did. He did make all our dreams come true. Um, I think Darren White is harder to replace. He, he so is. The fact yeah. that we had to replace Darren Way with Darren Way eventually. We did. <laughs> <laughs> we did, didn't we? I, I'm not going to let the management stint take any precedence here because, God, they were both such good footballers. Do you know what? I think I agree. I think I agree. Yeah, we're starting Gav. We're going to bench Darren Way and we're going to release Lee Johnson. And Lee, I'm sorry because we love you. And you're definitely listening. Um, Dan, you can do this question as well. You've made us do it. Yes. 
Um, Dexter Tyson, do you think the risk and reward tactics of playing it around or out at the back is worthwhile, especially in the position we're in? Smith and Bevan at times are heart in mouths. Personally, it gives me nightmares watching it. It, it gave me a bit of the jitters on Tuesday at times. It did. But it was worth it at Chesterfield. It was worth it against Eastley. Um, it was worth it for parts against Woking and Altrincham to a certain extent. I know we didn't really got a draw against Altrincham, didn't we? But um, it's been worth it. It's been a welcome change to um, what Hargball became, which was a bit hit and hope. Um, I don't mind it. One mistake happens. It happens. And it's, it's contextualising that mistake. Because we couldn't take any of our actual chances. If we'd have, if Laura scored his header, JMD's loopy header goes in. We're two 0 up. Make the mistake we want, mate. Don't care. We don't even talk about the mistake. So, yeah. I, I I would much rather watch us try and play that way yeah. and play through the midfield yeah. and centre back to full back, lump it down the line and hope you get on the end of the ball or pick up the seconds. I just yeah, I agree me i would much rather and i will admit and sheridan will attest to the amount of times my heart comes all the way out of <laughs> of my mouth <laughs> when grant smith has the ball at his feet and decides to be a bit tricky with it there are so and, he, times he, when I and he's another one that's not right footed either i get extra fluttery when it goes back to his right foot yeah yeah um, but uh, yeah, I do think it's worth it. We saw it under Darren Sile. Yeah, it's it's much more Sile, isn't it? Yeah, there were plenty of times where I think I remember a couple of times where Lee Collins yeah, lost. But, we can yeah. see from it, and but yeah, I would just we we don't have a giant striker up front that if you do lump it can hold it up and bring others into it. Yeah. So I think it's how that's. What, we get the best out of the players that we've got. What we do have now is we have Charlie Cooper. And so if one of them goes for a wander, he sits. Yeah. And he sits in as an extra centre-back, basically. Previously, we didn't have... We had Josh Staunton, who was basically trying to do both the bringing the ball out and making things happen and the sitting and holding. And now we've got two of that same role. One can do one, one can do the other. So, yeah, I'm okay with it. But you are going to have to have a few nervous moments, I'm afraid. Uh, David Coates. An integral part of the Glover's Cast triumvirate. <laughs> so much more than friend of the show. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> uh, you've been given an elephant and yep. you can't get rid of it. What do you do with it? I'm going to need two very large slices of bread. <laughs> an elephant sandwich? Does that not count as getting rid of it? Well, I mean... In a roundabout way, yeah. I'd ride it to work. Where are you parking an elephant? On the bike racks. On the bike racks. Just tie it up, tie it up to the bike what, rack. What with his nose? <laughs> <laughs> Just wrap it round. Tie it on it. It rains for it. <laughs> rains? Yeah, elephant rain. I'm sorry, where are you buying elephant rains from? Pets at home. Pets at home do do good elephant rain. That's what I've heard. <laughs> that's that's Might have rocking up to work on an elephant. <laughs> um, African or Indian? Does it does it specify? Yeah, it doesn't. He's just sent a gif of a baby elephant waving its trunk around. Okay. There we go. 
Uh, hopefully that's the right answer, Dave. You tell us what you would do. Mm. I feel like you'd be non-committal on this answer. Um, Jonathan Adams asks, did we use up too much energy against uh, Saturday against Chesterfield? Barnet were poor. Yes, I know their position, but not been in form. Thought we made them look average. Are you worried about Halifax as they had a rest on Tuesday night because of the postponement? Yeah, weird ones. More, more, more worried about the pitch than the postponement. Um, this is a strange one, isn't it? Um, I think we... I think we did have a lot of energy and I said that it was um, a game too far. A, a question that was uttered in the press conference as well. Um, yes. And no, I'm not worried about the postponement because if they want momentum, they would have wanted the game. They would have wanted to play it again. Yeah. So no, we'll dust them. We'll dust the lads down. We'll get back going again. Everyone's playing every every minute at the moment. They've played a lot of games because of their trophy run. They've played extra games to us. It all evens itself out. And Paddy has just got in 38 seconds ago. What are your early thoughts on players to keep hold of for next season? It is Grant Smith. Yes, it is. Yeah. I mean, based on this season so far, absolute keepers, uh, Smith. <laughs> and, <laughs> and worthy. Yeah. Who else, is that, who else is that contract? Hunting contract for another year, isn't he? He's got another one. Or is he in the last of his... I'm not sure. There's probably loads where we're going to be like, we've taken up their option. Yeah. How is it we... we How is it we PR'd them last season? Uh, extension triggered. Knowles. Tom Knowles has been retained. And sold. And gone. Uh, and he's gone. Um... Max Hunt's been unlucky because of the formation that we played under Hargreaves and to a certain extent under Cooper. Um, I, I, I like Max Hunt. Um, Charlie Wakefield's going to be the weird one for me because we all love Charlie Wakefield. Charlie Wakefield should be tearing this division a new backside every weekend and he hasn't for copious reasons and that's going to be a concern. Yeah. That's he's the one that I think we might end up being a bit unpopular about where we go, well, we want him to stay because he's really good, but I'm not sure he will stay. And I, I don't know. Is he really good anymore? Well, he, he, he should be. Yeah, yeah, but we haven't From seen we, No, it's what I mean. It's right, exactly so, what I mean. I like In that it. first season, he good. was absolute, absolutely good enough. Yeah. I haven't seen it regularly enough. But has that been a... So many of these players are going to have the asterisk of what happened in the first half of the season. So yeah. many of these players are going to be going, well, I didn't play in my front position. Charlie Wakefield, I'm not a right wing back. I'm not this, I'm not that. I'm a bit injured. I've come back, I'm a bit injured again. Yeah. There's so many unknowns about some of these players. The two absolute definites for me are Smith and Worthington, of the ones that we know are out of contracts. Taunton's got another year. Fisher's got another year. JMD's got another year. So, yeah, Smith and, and, and Worthy, the absolute must stays for me. And we've got three questions on Facebook. Quick fire these, Ben. These are from Spalders Somerset. Um, is the lack of signings due to the deal not being signed? Probably not, because he's made the other signings. Can we really get excited while Scott and Jed... <laughs> Damn it. Can we get excited while Scott and... Mm, still own the club at the moment. For clarity, we don't know that Jed... 
well, company's house tells us that he doesn't. Um, we can be cautious, cautiously optimistic. And number three, have we really improved in the last month? The lack of goal scoring suggests not, and relegation is still a massive possibility. I think we may have improved slightly longer term. I mean, we've improved from Hargreaves, haven't we? That is a definite improvement. Yeah. Have we improved enough? I'll answer you in 10 games, but we have definitely, definitely improved. I think in the last month, I don't think we have improved, but we're showing signs. I think we were so, you know, even looking back at Altrincham, changes a shape, changes a system. Um, we've played three games in a row where we've played four, three, three, haven't we? Yeah, three. and and there was just, again, even even in Barnet, I could just it just fits so much better. Yeah, I, I'll be so mad if we go back to wing backs on Saturday. <laughs> I don't care how short of midfielders you are; you find three of them. Damn it! Yeah. Um, so. There's that sort of stuff. And Jordan Young is such an upgrade on what we've seen from Jake Scrimshaw, even if we saw very little. And JMD is and and JMD is an upgrade. And John Stevens has been an upgrade and he's added a bit of depth. And we hear great things about Scott Pollock. On paper, it's the better squad, a deeper squad that goes further. Unfortunately, we play on grass, not paper. This is true. Right. That's the uh, question. What, can I just say there are two on the Twitter that didn't get GCQ'd with the hashtag. Oh, okay. So yeah. just just another call out. You've got to put the hashtag on because clearly Ian searches by hashtag, not replies to the tweet. Yes, I um, have a uh, GCQ's column on TweetDeck. Anything else? Um, Stephen Hallett asks, do you think the next four games are a must to getting away from the danger zone? They're certainly going to help. Yes, uh, we've discussed the, the big four, so to speak. And Gareth Aspinall simply says, Yeovil Town players as pizzas. And please include Matt Ugler in this as well. So I don't know if he's looking for pizza puns here of Yeovil players. Maybe. Or, or whether we have to describe Yeovil Town players as who, who's the meat feast of the group. Exactly. Or is he looking for pizza puns? Because if he is, Leroy Margalita is going to make an appearance. Oh, no. I was... Leroy Margalita. Correct. Um, I'm he's he's uh, still bagging them, by the way, for Ilkston. Scoring loads at the moment. There you go. Fun fact. I'm, um, I'm going to say my brain is too tired to try and think of pizza ones. Maybe we can circle back to this at the weekend. Pete, so are we looking for pizza? Pu- I tell you what, Gareth, Gareth. I'd like you to clarify your question ahead of the weekend, please. And do you want hashtag. pizza? And use the hashtag GCQs. Do you want pizza puns, or do you want us to do a one to eleven of pizzas? Like, is meat feast the goalie, and is pineapple the left winger, the fancy pants one, or do you want us to do Josh Norton is the meat feast or the margarita or whatever, etc., etc., etc. Clarify your GCQ. Include the hashtag, and Dave will answer on the weekend. Thank you, everybody, for your questions. Thanks, everyone. Give me Halifax, Ben. I'm going to. I'm absolutely going to. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. 
Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal!